0: Welcome back to the Broadway block everybody on today's episode we got a great guest Hannah Carpenter huge Bruins
1: fans how are you doing today Hannah? I'm doing good I'm very excited to be on with you guys.
2: Looking back two summers ago if you were going to say that the Bruins were going to go on to win 100 games.
1: I don't know I think it's crazy I mean this team is always good I think with good leadership you can do a lot of things um But I was pleasantly surprised last year, and I am very surprised. I mean, I think it's been a conversation since the rumors of Bergeron and Krejci leaving that we were going to be very bad. And I mean, there's definitely stuff they need to work on. But I mean, I would say the start to the season is very, very good for Bruins fans. So I like where we're going, and I hope they can keep going that way.
0: It's just amazing because it seems like the Bruins never do like a full rebuild they just kind of do a retool like you know Bruce Cassidy leaves no problem like win 100 games no problem and it just seems like goalies are kind of in the pipeline similar to the Rangers we we seem to get lucky in that sense and the Bruins always have good leadership what you said and it it doesn't seem like there's really a down year
1: no I feel like the Bruins will never commit to a full rebuild at least not for a while I feel like the the Jacobs have probably said it. They want to retool on the fly. And I think when you've got guys stepping up, like Char leaves, you've got Bergeron. Bergeron leaves, you've got Martian. And they've all kind of been bred to be great leaders. And then they just fill in where they need to fill in. And I mean, the goaltending, unreal. And with Bussy in the pipeline, too, I think they're going to be very solid in net for a while. But also the Rangers as well. You guys have incredible goaltending.
0: Do you think they're going to make like a midseason trade of like Swayman or something like that? Like, cause you know, you have him in the pipeline <laughs> and he looked good in the Rangers game. Like I, I remember talking about it at the Rangers game that like first save he came out in the preseason. I mean,
1: no, I hope not. I mean, there's a lot of talk of course, who do you trade Swayman? Cause he's even hotter than Allmark or Allmark coming off the season he had last year and I'm sure there's reasons to do it, but if you have really, really solid goaltending like we have right now, and I'm not saying our defense is not good because it is good, but I mean, to have those two behind you for the faults you have in you know, the forward, the decor, I feel like they'd be silly to do it. How do you make
2: the team better than it is right now? That's the other thing is like, you're trading to improve the team by getting rid of its best asset. Like when I read those things, I, I have to think it's, there, there's nothing to talk about. Let's create something to talk about. And most recently that's Connor McDavid, you know, being disgruntled and, you know, where is he going to land? And then of course the Rangers are in conversation. It's like, what are you, would you even change about this team to make it a better team? And to that extent, when you get rid of somebody, what are you really looking for? Because it's not scoring with the Bruins. It's not, um, you know, you, you highlighted defense, but it's, t- it's certainly not team defense because they're, they allow the least amount of goals so far in this season. Um, And then obviously that that goes down to goaltending too. So,
1: absolutely. And I think too, I mean, are you what are you trading for? Like, is the guy you're bringing in making your locker room better? Is it making your lineup better? Who moves out for someone to come in up front? If you're bringing in, I don't know, a top two center, or top two wing. Like, there's certainly things Bruins like the Bruins need, but do they need it right now when they're cooking the way they are? Probably not. And I think that you could say the same thing for the Rangers. I mean, who doesn't want Connor McDavid to end up on Broadway? I'm just saying, but. Well, we deal
0: with the Patrick Kane rumors. Like we're like, well, it's kind of working. We we, the only hole we really had this season is Blake Wheeler has been pretty good on defense, but he hasn't really been. It's like, where does Kane even fit in there with the team?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I feel like that's, that's the hardest thing. Guys step up and they fill in and then you start making changes and, you need chemistry, you need it on the fly. And I feel like the Bruins would be better suited to ride it out and see what they can do in the offseason with some money and you know have a whole summer to get them to gel or whatever they need to do to make next year as good as it's been so far this year.
2: To extend what you mentioned about some of the guys that have stepped up in the leadership department, it's also really impressive that they were able to bring in a guy like Coyle who was a first round draft pick to kind of cement what was already depth for them And, you know, as this changing of the guard happens, you have, yes, high-ended draft picks that step up in those slots, but guys that end up taking on a huge amount of responsibility.
1: Yeah. So Coyle, I think, is just one of those guys. Monty will say it. His teammates will say it. He plays for the team. And of course, that's every player's goal you play for the common goal of winning. But I think with Coyle, he truly he loves the game and he is happy to slide up in the lineup, slide down in the lineup you know, take the gritty face-offs, go out there against whatever line it is. He doesn't care. He plays 110% on every shift that he has. And I think he probably is a big voice in the locker room. Of course, I'm not in there, but I know that he's probably a big glue guy. And I think you need those people. And I think anyone will tell you just the way that he's so willing. Like, I don't think lines matter to him. Is he a, a 1C or is he a 4C? Like, I think what matters to him is that the team is doing well and he's doing what he needs to do to make sure that they do well. And I think those guys are invaluable in some ways. Um, Just, you know, they do their job, they go out there and they're just happy to be there. And I think that's so important. And I think that is his biggest attribute.
0: Yeah, for us, we have like Chris Kreider, which we were chatting about, like before the episode, like we they were even talking about it on NHL. like tnt like he just literally places himself in front of the net and no one does anything about it they know it's coming the power rangers power play happens and nothing. like he's on pace what was it for steve 58 goals
2: at the moment yeah
1: yeah and i mean that's he knows his role and he plays it very very well and i think in that way they are very similar like they go out they know what they need to do they do what they need to do well and then they get off the ice And then they do it all again. And I think that's, it's just so important to have. You can have plenty of goal scorers. You can have plenty of solid defense, but you need those guys that are just, just here to be here and do the right thing.
2: Well, yeah, it's not just one guy. It's, it's always going to be a mix of draft picks and homegrown talent. And then the guys that you add, and like you had mentioned, you know, glue guys that do more than what's just asked of them on the score sheet for the common goal. And, you know, the Bruins like, for an organization, you know, no organization knocks out of the park every single time, but for an organization that to, to Joe's point has stayed pretty relevant over the last, you know, decade plus for sure, um, they've done so by doing all those things. And have they missed on draft picks? Sure. Have they drafted absolute studs like Pasternak and and guys that other people have passed on? The guys like that that pad your lineup and, and create like what you kind of said, this like carousel of, you know, there's always some guy to kind of fill that spot. I think that's where, as a Rangers fan, it, it becomes frustrating when you kind of peel assets away and take away from that core group without kind of acknowledging those pieces that move in and out. And, you know, sometimes you make a trade for Rick Nash and it doesn't work out, but you don't see them sweating over it. You you constantly have a guy.
1: Absolutely. And I think, of course, the Nash trade was one that I don't think anyone could have saw no, you know when they made that trade i think everybody thought it was a good idea um you just don't know what you don't know and that's the thing that they did move on from it
0: but it's did also- you really feel like it was at a loss there like i didn't feel like it was like there's been terrible trades over the like nhl yeah. decades, you know and we previously chatted a couple episodes ago and we said they really don't make bad trades they only make trades that pretty much benefit them. What was the worst Bruins trade in your mind that really sticks out?
1: Oof, that's a tough one. Honestly, off the top of my head, I don't even know.
0: Did that. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> a deja vu.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's bad like on the surface trades yeah, yeah. where you're like, why did we do it? But I sure. think in the end, those people that we bring in always find their place. But nothing crippling to the organization that sets them back. No, no, I don't think we've ever been in a situation where I felt like we've been set back years because we made a trade for like one for one or even what we bring in in assets. I think the worst thing they do is trade out picks. And it's not even to say, it's not even a bad thing. Like Lindholm, great defenseman. You lose a lot of picks, but they get it done. They bring in, you know, third, fourth liners. They bring in second, third pairing D. They just, I feel like they don't do it perfectly, but nobody does. And I think, like you said, can you really think of a bad trade that they've made that set them back?
2: (laughs) Yeah. All this is to say that during this time, yeah, right. We've made some trades that we're obviously still kicking ourselves over. And then, you know, don't forget that there's been organizational success. There's been championships won. They've had multiple visits to like late, late rounds, and they're really close to kind of the same echelon as, you know, like a, a penguins over the last Ten years, they've stayed super relevant, and I think that's the impressive part. Is you start to see now that teams are a little bit more all in, and, and again, maybe this has to do with the markets that um, our favorite teams are in. But you know, the Penguins and the Capitals, it seems like something we touched on briefly an episode ago. That they kind of seem like they're about to enter into a rebuild, and we might see some newer faces enter the conversation of you know who's the biggest team in in so and so division. Something we wanted to ask you. Who would you say at this moment is like the Bruins' number one enemy? It has to be the Leafs at the moment, right? No,
0: oh, it's got to be the Panthers after last season. I'm
2: just... <laughs> you think so?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you look just solely at last year, it's absolutely the Panthers. I think they go out every game, they're going to play the Panthers, and they want to absolutely destroy them. Right. But I think overall, if you look at when it's shifted from being like Montreal and the Penguins, I feel like it's Toronto now. I think that when I look at the schedule, I'm like, ugh, it's Toronto. And I think they play hard against each other, but I would definitely say at this point, I think it's the Leafs.
2: Which
0: is funny because the Panthers are right on your tails again in like the Atlantic.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I would say they're probably, if you're looking at it, the biggest two rivals. I think the Panthers are very good. And I think what they showed last year was legit. I mean, obviously, it was not an easy series. Um But I think Toronto still takes the cake.
0: It's just funny because in that series, like all the light was on you guys for the season you put on and the Panthers were like, oh, perfect. Nobody's even thinking about us, even considering us. And that's how they did it. That's how any team gets you in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. I think they exploited that. And I think I've talked to Bruins fans that said as soon as they set that record, I knew they weren't going to win the cup. Because it's just, you talk about it and talk about it. Can they do it? How far can they go? You know, they put all of this into setting this record and then they just fell short. And I think you're exactly right. I think the Panthers were like, they counted us out. Like nobody is talking about us. Nobody even cares that we're playing the Bruins and boom, look what happens.
0: But I felt like they did a good job of like load management with Swayman and Hallmark last year, like keeping them going the team playing for the most part, even though they didn't knew where they were going to stand. Even I know people say those couple of weeks, they sat a couple of people, but wouldn't you, if you needed rest and you're an older
1: veteran? Oh, absolutely. I think the goaltending comes down to, you know, Almark was hurt. And I think that he really pushed to play. I mean, from what I understand, he really pushed to play. He was like, no, I'm good. And by the time he's like, maybe I'm not good they bring in Swayman. What, what can you do at that point? I think that would be my only critique is goalie load management in the playoffs. I think they probably t- should have tried, you know, alternating or at least getting all Mark out when they knew he was hurt. But what are you going to do? You just it's it. have, it's have, have this started. It's, it's a new
0: year and it looks good. So it doesn't matter.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah, and like you know, you talk about the teams that you're now are like priority number one, I guess, and it it's all good teams, and we we talk a lot about like proximity when it comes to rivalry, but um, you know, I I kind of have mentioned a few times on the show that like the Canes bug me like more than than anybody, and I don't know if it's the fans, and it might be like the recency with the playoffs, and you know, you can add the Bolts to that conversation because. For probably as a, a mutual kind of enemy, is like, you know, rivalries seem to be stemmed and rooted in success. And it usually has to do with somebody having success when you didn't and when there was an opportunity for you to. So there's always that. And, you know, I think that's maybe why the Bruins and the Rangers haven't been rivalries. You know, the proximity's there. There's always New York. There's always Boston um, as far as beefing and other sports. But we just haven't been good at the same time. And, you know, you guys have kind of carried that load a little bit as we're just kind of hitting what should be, you know, our peak for a little while.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think you guys are going to hit your stride soon. I mean, you guys are cooking and I think there probably will be a time and who knows if it's you guys are on the up and up and we're coming down, but I think that's just the way it goes. You know, teams have success and then they fall and it's all about who's giving you the hardest time at what point. So who knows?
2: we're due for quit. a series like soon. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was about to oh, say yeah. so
0: soon. It, it's got to be like, it's going to come out of nowhere and be like the second, third round. And we're going to be like, I hate Boston. I hate them.
1: <laughs> I hate New York. You know, right. it's just how it goes, but I would love that. I think honestly in the, you know, you want good hockey, you want to see good matchups. You want to see good games. You don't want to see like a boring game where one team's just getting decimated in the playoffs. Like you want it to be hard fought. And I think in not too long, that'll be a good battle for the Bruins and the Rangers.
2: Absolutely. Well, I mean, you've really kind of you to not completely dunk on me because I left you a little unguarded there. You know, we're going to have to make it out of the first round to see you guys. So, you know, um, fair enough. What we're finding, I think right now is that this team is doing kind of like what you said with the regular season right now. We're we're making everything work in the regular season. And then come playoff time, it was like, what happened to the plan?
1: Absolutely. And I think those moments in the regular season help. Those are moments you can look back on and be like, listen, we got to get back to that. What did we do there right. that made us so successful?
0: So we're like 13, 14, 15 games into the season. Do you have a bet on who you think could win the Stanley Cup this year out of all the teams?
1: No, no, I like to think about it and I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if X, Y and Z? I feel like at the beginning of the year I was like, wouldn't it be fun if like the Red Wings or the Sabres won? Because they're they're on the up and up. They're not there yet, but they're getting there. But I don't ever really try to think about it because then I'm just like a homer and I'm like, well, of course it's going to be the Bruins. And
2: yeah, I wonder how I'm much just- of that is, is my own perception. Cause it's like, I start to do the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, like the stars, they could win. Yeah, it's fine. They can win. And then I'm yeah. like, but what do they have that we don't have? You know what I mean? And like, you, you do probably the same thing. Like if if they have Andrew, like we have Olmark, we have Shesty, you know, you can start doing that comparison and start to think like, I think we're better than that team. No, we should win. But now it seems like yeah, there's good teams. We've had some seasons now where like all year round they knew that the Avalanche were gonna do some damage, and they did. And same thing Absolutely. with the Golden Knights. Maybe not maybe no one was howling from the rooftop saying that the Golden Knights are gonna go the whole way. But there's certainly people that believe that. And as the season started went on, as the playoffs went on, people were starting to realize, like, well, they have a real good shot. But I think Around the league, the eyes are open on the Bruins for sure, and that also, you know, is because of the success. Teams come to play that team hard every single night, but there's also this like air of like invincibility when you go on a run like they did. Where not only it does it start to affect the way the teams play you, it starts to like be an advantage because people know that this is going to be maybe the toughest game of the season going into play the Bruins. So it's interesting to see you know, when the tides kind of shift and everyone, bec- you become the favorite in the league from everybody else's perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that is really interesting. And I think for the last few years, that really has how it's been, you know, teams come in and they're like, we have to play them hard because this game not going to be easy. And I think there's been games that you look at where teams come to play the Bruins hard and the Bruins, for whatever reason, they're not rested off day. I mean, it happens to everyone, but they look, like a shell of themselves sometimes. And I think that is a big momentum boost for the teams that are coming in and beating you. Hopefully they can get that under control because I feel like that really exploits them in some way. Cause those teams go on on a high and then they start playing other teams better. I mean, hockey is one of those things that you just can't control. I mean, you can be the best on one side of the puck and still lose.
0: It's interesting also because we recently chatted with um, former NHL ref Tim Peel and he said he looked forward to certain games, like, you know, going to the MSG and different places up to Boston and original six places. So I think everybody likes going to the garden, either garden.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, you get an advantage with that. I think the garden has had an incredible success with sellouts, our garden, I should say. Um, you know, the fans are loud, and it's the same with m s g The fans are loud. the fans are into it, and I mean, I think the Bruins feed off that. I'm sure the Rangers feed off that, and that is a huge advantage for teams for the Bruins against teams coming in.
0: Does it ever get real quiet there where you feel like Bruins players are like, This is just that we got to get this place lit up?
1: I mean, I feel like it happens, but I don't think it's often. I feel like even when they're down and you know they're getting beat, the fans are still going crazy. I mean, you will still have fans yelling, screaming, they're starting cheers, you know, then a big hit comes out of nowhere and it's right back to life. I think Bruins fans are very consistent, if nothing else, for keeping the garden loud all the time.
2: It's going to be interesting to see how they can do with this group. With my current like cable package, for whatever reason, I can watch everything but the Rangers. So I've been watching all these games like from other teams, and I never thought I'd be like excited to watch another team, but it is true. Like teams like that, like the Bruins and watching like a Golden Knights game, it's absolutely like electric to watch some of these other buildings that you know. Yeah, obviously MSG, we were in the hallways when it was shaking, and you know, you can kind of feel that like euphoria of the building. But
1: I love watching Golden Knights games. I think buildings electric, I think they feed off that. And I think that's one of those, of course, that doesn't have the history that either Garden has, but they're, they're doing the thing with that arena.
2: We're in a really cool spot because we can chat with folks like you and other fans from around the league and kind of get perspectives that aren't just, you know, Homer Rangers bias. So thanks again for, uh, for chatting with us.
1: Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Love it. Thanks, Hannah.